Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends. Guys, welcome back to our slash Petty Revenge, where people get little wins on others and the stories are super satisfying. And in today's episode, a nightmare HOA group messes with OP and OP fights back and makes their fearless leader homeless. Guys, I hope you enjoy today's hilarious stories. And as always, you can link or post your stories to this email right here. We're diving in. So I work at a little locally owned restaurant with great service and great food. We're all like one big family and we have a high standing in our community. That being said, today was exceptionally busy with lots of traffic in and out. An older gentleman who had just finished paying realized he didn't have his phone. So he went back to check his table. No phone. Right away, I'm face to face with this old man as he's berating me about how we stole it and it must have been one of my bussers as we all look like thieves. Hispanic bussers, by the way, so you be the judge as to why he jumped at them so fast. So after forcing us to look in the seats, under the table, question everyone in the kitchen if they found a phone, I told him we don't have it. Again, he tried berating the bussers, calling them thieves, and I told him I would trust my bussers with my life savings. I know they didn't take it. We also have cameras, so I told him to leave his name and number, and we can reach him after the rush. I would check them to see who took it. Again, the guy kept yelling about us being thieves as he left, which is embarrassing to us even though we're good people. Everyone was watching us. So fast forward about 30 minutes, and lo and behold, his phone turns up. Someone had found it on the toilet paper dispenser in one of the men's bathroom stalls, and now I'm pissed. I take the phone and I thought of just chucking it into the parking lot or even into the garbage, but I figured I'd just be the bigger guy and get my revenge when he came back to get it. So as I'm putting it under the register, I realize that this old fart doesn't have a lock on his phone. Now I don't know why it came to me, but it was so instant that I cracked a smile without thinking. I got really petty. I went into the guy's settings and put a passcode lock on it, the code being 3425, which is dick and then changed the system language to Chinese. I can't wait till he comes and gets it. Guys, I love how petty this is, but if I were OP, I wouldn't bother with a passcode lock at all. Let the man work for a bit to figure it out. And for all of you who are wondering if the guy came back, OP said in the comments that he sent his wife inside to pick up his phone. The idiot was probably too embarrassed to show his face after all the commotion he caused. A few years ago, my college sports team was flying out for a competition. We were flying out of town, which has notoriously quick and easy airport experiences for those of us who know it well. When flying alone, it's generally no sweat to show up an hour before or even less. But this is always a risk in all airports, even the small ones. 
Our team of 20 people showed up for our flight two hours beforehand, which in my opinion is still cutting it close in a lot of cases. When we get there, we can see immediately a long line out of security, which is not normal at all for this airport. We all have to check our bags and get into line, where every once in a while an employee would walk through the line asking people to look at their tickets for TSA pre-check, which means you basically get to go straight through the security line. This is important later. While we're waiting an unusually long time, we start to realize that a lot of people in front and behind us are all about to miss the same flight. Some people are clearly anxious and asking employees what's going on. Unfortunately, about 20 people behind my team and I is a Karen. Karen's flight leaves in 30 minutes, and I note the fact that she's behind us in line, which means she probably just showed up half an hour before her flight leaves, which is insanity. So for the next 30 minutes, Karen's pushing past people without asking any sort of permission. She's also yelling loudly the whole time at any employee she sees about how they're incompetent, they need to let her through, they're useless, etc. She's also demanding that they need to open up the other security lanes so more people can go through faster. Now obviously, TSA guidelines aren't a thing to this Karen. So finally, Karen pushes her way through the line to about 5 people away from where my team's waiting, and there's no way we're letting her through. This is when I decide to get a little petty for all those poor employees and all the other nice and respectful people waiting in line. Being at the back of the line, my friend and I tell the few people in between the Karen and ourselves that they can skip ahead of our whole team because they're also on the flight that Karen's about to miss. They all go through, and finally, Karen gets there expecting for us to let her through, and we're thinking, ha. We told her that she was very rude to the employees and we weren't gonna let her pass. At that point, she tried to body check her way past us, which was hilarious. She huffed and puffed behind us, and she was mumbling a bunch of stuff about us the rest of the way through the line. Fast forward a bit, and we're finally about three people away from where IDs are checked. Karen's finally stopped yelling at every single possible employee that comes by because we're so close to the front. Now, remember when I mentioned earlier how there's someone walking by to look for TSA pre-check on our boarding passes? Well, it turns out that Karen was yelling over or at the guy the whole time, and she never got the information. And when she finally starts actually listening to the people who work there, she found out she could have skipped the entire line from the beginning of the story. Amazing. What's amazing is how much information you can miss by just yelling at people and not talking to them. The Karens of the world make life so much harder on themselves, guys. And honestly, I'm surprised security wasn't called for the ruckus she was causing. Like, she was body-checking people out of the way. That's gotta be a security call, right? Okay, so my stepmom was a nasty woman to grow up with. She was mean, vindictive, and she had an inferiority complex that she used to attack anyone who was doing well, especially those doing better than her. My dad spent my childhood on the road, and my mom was in and out of inpatient facilities until she passed, so a lot of my time was spent with my stepmom being my only available guardian. Now I won't BS and say I was perfect, but I wasn't bad. I was a good student, involved in community and school activities, and as soon as I could work, I got a job. My biggest issue was that I often took an attitude with her and her family, all of whom suck to be near. Those people have been in my life since I was four, and I'm now in my late 20s, and none of them were ever supportive or kind. I had aspirations to go to school and be a psychologist, a teacher, a therapist, or a vet. Honestly, I think I just liked the structure school offered and wanted to continue with it after graduation. 
But as soon as I was handed my diploma, my stepmom handed me a notice to vacate the property. Less than a month later, I was gone. Now to be fair to him, my father did try to intervene and prevent the eviction since it was his home. But stepmom was the main occupant in the house. And we were told by a local cop that she could in fact remove me from the home and press trespassing charges if I came back. To this day, I think he was likely full of crap, but he didn't want to deal with it. So I was 18 years old, homeless, and supposed to start college a few months later. And I had chosen a local school and rejected better scholarships so I could stay home and save money on housing. I found a place with a man that became my best friend. And I did try to attend school, but honestly, it didn't feel right anymore. Between full-time work just to scrape by and the mental health issues that arose in the aftermath, I couldn't continue and dropped out. My dad was unable to offer much support, and most of my family never cared to intervene since she had convinced the majority of them that I had chosen to basically go no contact with them. She would also call and gloat about how hard the real world is, make snide comments about my dying mother, and in the same breath, she would offer sympathy and support if I came back home. At holiday dinners, she would tell everyone and laugh that I was the first psychologist that she'd ever seen working the till at McDonald's, and if I defended myself, I would be chastised for not taking a joke. It was humiliating. And after a few years, I realized I could block her and she couldn't do crap about it, so I did. My life did turn around. I work as a pastry chef in a bakery that I absolutely adore. Now, it's not a life I ever imagined for myself, but it's a good one that I share with my fiancé, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. In the past two years, I resumed contact with my dad, and as a result, his wife again. My dad's still a doormat, and she's still a C-word, but she's not picking on a little girl anymore. I bite back now. I've also managed to contact my mom's family, who had been estranged from her for decades before she died. And I met the people who could have truly loved me if they knew I existed. Dad's family are kept at arm's length, but finally I have a family that I can talk about when my friends are discussing holiday plans, and that's all I ever wanted. Doing what I do for a living, I always show off a bit at family gatherings, and I've often made custom cakes for relatives when asked. Stepmom hates my job. She hates the fact that I'm happy, that I don't care if I'm a bit plump, that I'm engaged, and she's not allowed near the wedding. She hates that I'm good at what I do, and try as she might, the only thing she could ever insult is the fondant. Which is fair, I don't care for fondant either. So at my dad's birthday party last month, I baked a lovely three-tiered red velvet cake for him, and provided numerous pastries as well as a cookie buffet. My boss is a godsend for letting me use his kitchen to make it all. So on the day of, all stepmom could say was my cake was dry and it tasted like a box mix, and that was it. Two decades of abuse, and I was finally done trying. I spent days making everything I provided all free of charge, and she compared my labor and knowledge to effing Betty Crocker. Now, no shame to anyone who bakes with or likes Betty Crocker, but it's like comparing fast food to your own home cooking and the fast food being preferred. It's a total slap to the face, to the hours of labor and effort, and the years spent honing and perfecting recipes. So with that said, she asked me at the beginning of February to bake her a cake for her 50th birthday. No other details, other than she didn't want red velvet, and it was for a hundred people. I agreed. I stocked up on Duncan Hines and canned frosting, slapped the frosting on top of the crappy sheet cakes a day before, and didn't bother decorating any of them. When stepmom opened the box to reveal her cake on her special day, she was livid. 
She was screaming at me that I ruined her birthday, embarrassed her in front of her friends and family, and how could I be so callous? At that, I just told her that she compared my cake at dad's birthday to Betty Crocker, so she must prefer low-effort cake. I left shortly after she started crying. Apparently, she had planned on Instagramming the party, and she had Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com planned on my normal quality of care for my dessert. Dad didn't care. He just said it was best if I'm not around her for a bit and we meet up somewhere other than his house. I don't want to be near her again and I hope her family choked on that dry ass cake. Oh my goodness, now that is a great revenge on that stepmom. And the fact that OP got her petty revenge on her stepmom's 50th birthday celebration made it even more satisfying, guys. And seriously, I don't understand some people. Like, let's insult the person by saying her baking resembles dry cardboard, and then turn around and ask that same person to bake you a cake for your birthday party. Like, she definitely deserved that cake. So here's a little backstory. A few years ago, I bought my first house in a medium-sized neighborhood in a southern state. It had an HOA, but I actually picked the neighborhood because they had the lowest HOA dues in the city. They also had the fewest rules, and the house was by far the nicest one I could afford in my budget. After a few weeks, I get a violation notice from the HOA telling me that I had two violations that needed correction. Number one, my lawn was not green enough. Number two, my trash cans were too close to my driveway. I was thoroughly confused about number one, as it was February, in the middle of winter, so of course my lawn was dead, like pretty much everyone else's. So I assumed that either this was a mistake or an existing offense from the previous owner. As for the trash cans, I kept them on the side of my house, and I think when the HOA came by, my trash can stuck out past the sidewall one foot, so how dare I? I shrugged them off and continued on. Come March, I get another notice, and this time fining me for both violations. Each one cost me a hundred bucks, and they wanted the money in two weeks, and I was pissed. This made no sense, and I wasn't about to let them just try to get money for BS violations. So I called the management company that worked with the board to get them appealed. The lady told me that I needed to appeal directly to the board, and that I could do so at the next annual meeting in a few days. So I, of course, showed up to the meeting. Prior to it starting, I met with a few homeowners and learned that they were all there for similar BS violations, and they were pissed off too. I then talked with one of the members of the board about the fine appeals process. He was an older guy in his 70s with short gray hair and a very worn and angry face. He asked what I was getting fined for, and when I told him, he just looked at me and said, and you should get fined for that. 
Young people like you not taking care of their homes is the whole reason I got on this board. You need to learn to be a better property owner. Now this dude was the VP of a volunteer board telling me that I didn't know how to take care of my house. What a sad life. The meeting then started and the moderator mentioned that since this was an annual meeting, we would be voting on 3 out of 5 board members. They had some applicants to the board and we could also nominate someone today. That's when I had the idea of how I could get my revenge. When the election part of the meeting came, I nominated myself. I then gave some BS speech about how HOAs are not here to make money and that I wanted to serve my community. I won in a landslide. And you could see the board members getting annoyed because they had scowled during my presentation. After the meeting, I appealed my violations in a very elegant way and they agreed to waive my trash can violation. As for the grass one, apparently since I had weeds growing in my yard, a tiny patch in the corner, they were still fining me because the weeds were turning yellow when I sprayed them. Of course, I was dumbfounded how they could get away with this, but they used the technicality in the bylaws that I signed, so I ended up losing $100. So here's the revenge, and I'll be honest, I did not expect this to work. After joining the board of five, including myself, I was appointed to secretary and had to help maintain meeting notes and review records. They specifically told me that I wasn't allowed to propose new policies, but that I could vote on new ones proposed by the VP or the president, which I later learned was actually a violation of their own rules. I voted every new rule down as long as I was in that position. I decided that my best course of action was to listen to how the others operated and look for an opening to get each of them off the board. The first opening came when the president, who literally looked like the most Karen woman ever, mentioned that she wanted to find for flowers that were not a neutral color. Basically, if a homeowner wanted to add something like turquoise flowers, we would find them. She apparently had a neighbor that had flowers she didn't like, and she wanted to use the board to stop them. It was pretty insane. I then started my revenge on this Karen. So I start a message thread with the other board members and asked what they thought about her policy and reasoning. After too much deliberation, and two of them honestly thought it was okay, we agreed that the policy went too far. I then made a long post in the main channel telling her that her actions were not only wrong, but that she should be excused from the board. When she flipped out, I called a board meeting the following week, and the other four board members voted her off for targeting a community member for personal gain. She then gave a sob story how the board was her life, that the neighborhood was like her child, but I didn't care. That was one down. I then convinced one of my good neighbor friends to join a little later to take her spot. The next members I target were the treasurer and the director, as I wanted to save the VP for last. They were actually pretty easy to get off the board because they were very easily swayed by public opinion. So I make a fake account on Nextdoor and waited until spring when most of the violations go out. When the letters went out, I looked for angry posts on Nextdoor. I then would comment on each one, giving them the first names of the two board members as the culprits, and told them to come to the next HOA meeting to appeal. Now that worked far better than I expected. During the next meeting, over 50 people showed up and called out those by name. It was glorious. During the open session, community members grilled those two for their poor policies. The VP actually tried to defend them, but ultimately failed. The two members were so distraught after the meeting that I told them that maybe they should resign and they both did. That was two more down. Both of which were replaced by a couple who came to the same meeting and wanted to get rid of these rules. 
Finally, the board had been flipped to four out of five people wanting to get rid of all these dumb rules. The president, however, was still the same old angry, hateful man. He tried to add more rules to increase violation revenue, and we voted him down every single time. He then started to get annoyed, but stayed steadfast to the board. I tried a lot of tactics to get him to leave, and not much swayed him. A few months went by, and we started with a new management company. They had a much better style of property management and a website for looking through the community records as well as automated reports. When we got our first fines reports, I hit pay dirt. The president's house appeared, and he owed around $10,000. Apparently, he had open violations that he never paid. And the other management company had hid it from the board for him since he'd been on the board for close to seven years. So I looked into remedies. Since his fines were over three thousand dollars, our bylaws stated that a majority vote of the board could start an HOA foreclosure on his home, which I still think is insane that HOAs can do that to someone. So I got all the documents together and I double-checked with the new management company that the fines were correct, which they confirmed. I then called an emergency board session, presented the information, and four out of five of us vote to start the foreclosure process. The president got angry, he cursed, and he left the meeting early. We were informed a few days later that the president resigned, paid his fine, and put his house up for sale. While I'm sad that we couldn't force a foreclosure, at least he was off the board. I'm currently president to this day, and I've reduced the fining policy to a maximum of four hundred dollars. And the homeowners can appeal any time they wish digitally. In addition, I've banned any grass fines until May, and the trash can violations have been super relaxed. So the moral of the story is never fine me two hundred dollars. Call me a stupid young kid and expect not to lose your house. Wow, guys, this is a petty revenge that dips into pro revenge territory. And OP's the hero that everyone needed, all over two hundred dollars, guys. Which has me thinking: How much money did they take from people before OP came and put his foot down? And how ridiculous is it that an HOA has the power to make you homeless? That's crazy. With that said, this person shares their HOA story and says, "I have one incredible: the HOA isn't the a-hole in this case story." So my dad is African American, and he went on a walk around the community park around three in the afternoon. He was wearing jeans, a polo, etc. And someone who recently moved in, maybe only two weeks, sent an email to the president of the HOA because they were unable to attend the meeting. They said they had a photo of a suspicious person who had been obviously casing people's houses to rob them, and included photos of my dad. The president of the HOA emailed back that they were very concerned after seeing the photos, and they would stop by her house to discuss the issue in person. They scheduled a time to talk and came up with safety strategies. A thing about my dad is he's the president of the HOA. He said the look on her face when she opened the door was priceless. He then proceeded to discuss the issue with her, like she hadn't emailed a picture of him, asking her, "Now, why did you feel concerned for your safety? And what about him made you think that this man was a threat?" She didn't send any more complaints after that. And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash petty revenge, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's super satisfying stories. If you did, hit that thumbs up. And if you're not subscribed, consider subscribing so you don't miss these crazy episodes. And if you missed the last episode on the channel, it's an R slash entitled people episode where a stupid entitled idiot tries to steal Opie's dog to teach her a lesson. And the idiot gets bit and tries to sue the family. It's a ridiculous story, so go check it out if you haven't. 
And myself and Stevie Boy will see you guys in the next one. We love you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.